looks like John Boyega might be Finn-ished with Star Wars. Baby? How did I know that was coming? I like knew from the notes that like some type of finished joke was going to be made. Is it because it's the title of the episode? Is it? Oh my god, it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I right. just assumed. Yes, yes. A pun to start the day. That was for uh, for all the people out there who love my puns. Um, <laughs> welcome everybody to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How's everybody doing today? It's Monday. Our last Monday episode, actually our last episode of August. So we're heading into fall territory. Thursday will be September 1st. So pumpkin spice lattes. Pump, yeah, all that nonsense is coming. Uh, tomorrow is my son's fourth birthday. So uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but happy, happy birthday, birthday, Johnny. Happy birthday, Johnny number five. It's true. He is the fifth. Um, yeah, we had a party for him on uh, Saturday with the family's over and he's he, right now he's transitioned from di uh, dinosaurs to monster trucks. He's obsessed. Oh, with I was going to say what the he, what was the theme? Because wasn't it like, has it been dinosaurs this whole time or was it something before that? Um, I mean, it's been dinosaurs for a while. I mm -hmm. mean, there was there, there was other stuff that I, I forget, but dinosaurs was his big thing. And now now he's huge into monster trucks. He loves making ramps and jumping them and all that stuff. Oh, so. that's fun. Are you going to take him to like a monster truck show? Well, I think we are. Yeah, we're going to find out when they come around. He's going to lose his mind. Oh, they do it, I think, I think in Bridgeport. Bridgeport they do? Arena. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I liked, I always liked Bigfoot as a kid. It was like the first monster truck ever. Oh, I thought you meant like the monster. I was like, what does that have to do with this? Okay. No, the sure. first monster we're truck sharing, ever was called Bigfoot. childhood loves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like no. horses. Oh, there you go. My Little Pony, like that stuff. All horses, every single mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. I, know. I was a horse girl, I guess. James, what, Bennett's birthday soon too, right? Uh, yeah, we celebrated his fifth birthday on Saturday. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I, I, well, it's weird because he's got a friend at school. Um, it's like his best friend, and their birthdays are sort of close. And this would kind of be their last opportunity because then they're going to go to different kindergartens, you know? So oh. is it because they're in different so they decided, of the town? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So we're like, we live in different cities, but we have the same, they drive in. So, mm -hmm. but they decided to do like a joint birthday or whatever. So we did that on Saturday. But it's weird that John and his family was celebrating the son's birthday on the same day. Kind Double strange. birthdays. What was the theme? um well it's just kind of you know they're each celebrating their own like thing like i i would think that bennett's would be like uh like mario's mario oh, stuff nice nintendo yeah. that's fun because yeah. he watches those like, it, videos it right? wasn't like a themed birthday that's what i'm saying but uh. my wife made them shirts so she had a unicorn on her shirt and bennett had mario on his that's why i was leaning Aww. on probably mario that's fun. Very nice. I'm a big theme person. I love a good theme party. Mm. Yeah, my birthday the is... The main theme. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> my birthday's around Halloween, so I had a few birthday John's parties that were costume parties. What was that? Uh, my mom threw me a couple of like costume parties as a kid because my birthday's close to Halloween. So was, mm. like, I always wanted yeah, my birthday around Halloween. Yeah, mm. it's not good to have it around Christmas. It is not. No. no. My daughter's is the day before Thanksgiving. Weird. So we have Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Wait, Christmas. Wait, is this one of those things where <laughs> you don't realize you don't know that Thanksgiving's on a different day? Shut up. Have we done this? Have I think we, we this did do this specific year. It is the day oh. before Thanksgiving. You jerk. Yeah. Okay. And then we okay. joked that next year it would be, and then we we're like, on actually, it won't uh. because <laughs> it's different. Nice. Well, here's the deal. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, the title of the episode, uh, John Boyega Speaks, and it's uh, uh, open for speculation on, on what people think he's going to do down the road, but right now it sounds bleak, and we'll get into that, but uh, plenty more to talk about here in our news show, and, and James is going to fire up the Resistance Report right now. It's the Resistance. Um, well... 
as we head into Andor, we've been getting, you know, more and more like this trailer, this interview, all stuff like that. Uh, but we were actually kind of surprised uh, with a clip randomly out of nowhere. Um, we see this is like, it seems like the first time that uh, Selen Skarsgård's character is meeting Diego Luna's character. And uh, I don't know, it's a good clip. I guess uh, we'll just get right into it. I'm assuming everybody who's listening to the show has probably checked out the clip. Um, if you haven't, you've probably heard a lot of the dialogues from the trailers because they've been reusing this particular piece of marketing in the trailers. So a lot of the lines seemed familiar. Um, I'm going to start off with John on this one. Um, what were your thoughts on the clip first, like actual scene out of the show? Well, I mean, I have always yearned to be fat and happy. So maybe yeah. the Empire is the way to go for me. Um, we'll see. But it is a good clip. It, uh, it's interesting seeing um, Cassian sort of taken aback by Luthen Rail. I think it's pronounced Rail, but Luthen's mm-hmm. um, wealth or, or you know what he has sort of in his pockets at the time because he dresses as a quite a commoner. But we've seen in other trailers and stuff, he has a lavish uh, wardrobe as well. So my th- take is like this is one of those situations where not all the rebels are these like ragtag you know common folk trying to take down the empire sometimes these are dignitaries and maybe people involved with the senate maybe rich people who i mean think about bail organa yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely like rich people who are quote-unquote fat and happy and, and could be satisfied if they just went along and followed the path but believe have a righteous belief that this is wrong and so he's becoming a part of this thing and he has all this wealth and money to use for the rebellion, but he's keeping it sort of like under the radar. Um, so he doesn't get, you know, killed or, or what have you. So when he flashes that money and then he's like, I'll give you another thousand if you let me know. And, and like Cassian's like another thousand, like who, like, in other words, like you see in his eyes, like, who are you? You know, I almost thought he was going to ask him that. Um, so it's a very thought provoking clip. It's only about a minute or so, but, uh, and then the other thing, you know, Cassian's talking about how easy it is to sneak into the Empire. And, you know, it, I think that's a, that is maybe even a tongue-in-cheek sort of um, nod of support to how easy some things were for the Rebellion in the old classic trilogy. And they were able to, like, just, like, let's just sneak in here, and then we'll turn this off, and then we'll sneak in here, and the Empire's so stupid. And uh, they tried to make more of a, you know, believable sense of that, that maybe they're just not paying attention, um, which is pretty cool so i i overall i enjoyed the clip um it does get me more excited for the show um and and there's really not much more to it um maybe we bounce off each other a little bit um when i hear your guys thoughts on it there is uh i mean there's also the original line of like the empire doesn't consider a small single man fighter you know to be much of a threat kind of thing like it just wasn't even yeah it just they were so powerful it could never one person could never yeah exactly Lacey thoughts on the clip anything stick out to you um so it's interesting when I watched the clip I was like looking more at like the costumes and the background more so than what they were saying because like you said earlier James it was clearly the the quote from the trailer that I was like oh so they're showing us stuff that technically they already showed us so to speak um Mm -hmm. but I'm so excited for Stellan Skarsgård's character. I think he's going to be really, really cool. Um, I can tell just by what we've seen so far in the trailer, how important his role is. I like how he like flashes the stuff. Really, he's like does this like magician's trick, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Fans um, it out, yeah, yeah. It's really, really awesome. But uh, yeah, I I had moments like little flashback moments to Rogue One where he's talking about how you just go in and you're confident because they're all really nervous in Rogue One about going in. And I'm just like, but he's already done this. Why is he so nervous? But mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming, you know, he's going to meet his match where he's going to go in and too many times. And one of those times he's going to get a little too cocky and then it's going to hurt him, so to speak. But um, yeah, I I have to think that's probably how he finds Kato, K2SO, right? Is like he'll probably go into an M- uh, Imperial situation find the robot take it that's gonna be this we might be entering a situation where there's gonna be a lot of pissed off comic book readers because they they could fully and completely retcon that one-off comic where they meet 
yeah. uh, or they can take it and try to loosely bend it. Mm-hmm. I I don't see any situation where Tony Gilroy's like, oh, you made a comic about this, so I can't tell the story I want to tell. Okay. He's going to be like, um, bye, comic book. I'm yeah. telling this right. story now. Yeah. So, and, and it wouldn't be the first time. Let's not forget, you know, uh, Finn or Poe and Ray meet in the Force Awakens mm-hmm. novelization. They clearly don't meet until the end of The Last Jedi in the movie. So it has happened. We are still all alive. Canon can still happen. It is fiction. Onward. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, about, about the K2 thing, like, also, we, we don't really know what the plan is with that. Like, we were told that K2 was going to be in the first season. Then they told us it's going to be in the second. They had a plan, which we're not really talking about here, but, like, the whole five-year plan they came out and they were like well we just didn't want to be involved for so long right they moved just five keep down to doing... two diego yeah. definitely said that the second season is going to include k2so he said that recently in one of no, these I... many of interviews yeah i i know that but what i'm saying is like originally they they were wanting to do the k2 thing so if he's more involved in the second season and they are like kind of shifting like everything down from five years you know how they're doing like into into the blocks like maybe K2 just enters in one of the blocks or right at the beginning of season two and they don't even show how they met that he's just there because the plan is, you know, it's like this is where he was four years ago. This is where he is three years. This is where he is two. And it would be very easy for them to say somewhere in between three and two, he picked up the droid. If you want to know how, go read the comic. But it's it's we planned on showing it when when year three was an entire season. But now it's not. Now we just wanted to show this portion of his life because out of that whole season, this was the segment that was the most important. I honestly sure. think so, they're going to have K2SO show up by the end of this first season. I think it it's going to be the end of this season where they're going to be like, they're either going to have him appear or they'll have like, they'll show him on screen. And you'll be like, oh, there's K2SO. Like, mm-hmm. so that they don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of it but they could just appear kind of like a baby yoda reveal you know like at the end of the episode it's like ah there you go and yeah you're excited for season two i wonder yeah. if k2 is popular enough of a character where there's maybe just a little concern of audiences being preoccupied with wondering when he's going to show up like, i totally I remember- am guilty I- uh, yeah, and, and I remember doing that, watching Solo. I'm like, ooh, I wonder, you know, when we're going to meet Chewie. I mm-hmm, wonder when mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And then once it happened, I, you know, I obviously forget about it. But, and that's a movie, so that's, you know, 10 minutes in. This is a show very stretched out. Uh, we can go through a lot of hours of this and with people being like, this is going to be the episode. I know it. K2's coming. And then it won't happen. And, and well, we'll we do it on our live show. That people yeah. are going to do the same thing. Like, when are we going to see Grogu yeah. again? And he showed up yeah. so quickly. I, I don't think it's going to be as... I'm not saying it's going to be a big thing that's going to overshadow stuff, but I think fans are going to con- continuously be wondering and speculating when he's going to finally pop up. And I tend to believe Alan Tudyk that he's not in season one. Um, I don't know why I do, but I just I just do. Um, and But James, you do make a good point. If they are going, you know, year two year three year four as episodes one two three in season two four five six and then seven eight nine or whatever however they do it oh other or, or 10 11 yeah. 12 they could say like six months later when they get to the second batch and you're right he could just be right there with them and, mm-hmm. and and whatever like we don't need everyone we don't need to see every time two characters meet each other for the first time it's it seems to me like that second season the way they're laying it out is going to be like three episode arcs and don't i mean it will all connect because it's one person's life but yeah like, yeah y- that fourth episode isn't going to feel the same because they're going to do like like it it's not like episode one happens in january episode two happens in august and three is in december i think it's going to be more like at one point during that year all in one day august 34 or 34th and 24th this happened and it's over the course of these three episodes that mm-hmm. happened in his life. This one day, you know, this mm-hmm. one event that was important to the, the whole year. Yeah. Right. Um, so it would be very easy for them to just say somewhere between that day and whenever the next story takes place in the next three episodes that he picked up K2 at some point. Or, you know? Yeah. So episode part one or of season two, it'll say like four BBY and then the fourth episode, 
three BBY and maybe mm-hmm. they keep oh, that yeah, yeah, simple yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um just to to really quick talk about the clip, I loved this clip, by the way. Like I think the dialogue is all like really good. I know I had heard it before, but it's just the the delivery of it and everything. It's not like a random pulled out scene. Like obviously in the actual context of the show, um, it all really worked together and I buy his desperateness. I buy the uh, willingness to do whatever it needs to to get the information out of Luthen, and uh, I really love the clip. I felt a little strange at the very end of it though, because I felt like he didn't give that final line to really land the clip. Yeah, they um, fade out. Yeah, it, I it agree. Was, it it was weird. It felt like he had a well. I can bring in warm, or I can bring in cold. So tell me. Yeah, and it's like. You, you got to let him say, what's it going to be, you know, or whatever. Mm. Like you got to let him land the line. So it felt like it was leading up to something and they cut and they show the Andor logo over silence, like nothing there, no mm-hmm. music, no anything. So I was like, but I think that's just the marketing editing of it or something. That's not obviously the show, the show, all the, everything that I saw in that, I was like, everything in this is so real and grounded and perfectly acted. I'm like, I am all about this, you know? Well, so then James, why don't, why don't we skip the second story and bring in and finish off our Andor stories then? All right. And then we'll yeah, sure. that one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Not skip it, but just not skip it, but yeah. move it, uh, move it up. Um, well then let's talk about how in all of the different slews of interviews that we've been getting because now they're in full mode where they're talking about it here and there and there. Um, Diego Luna had said in an interview that this is the most grounded star Wars that he's ever seen, or it has ever been. He's backed up by, uh, everybody else involved that is doing interviews. They're all similarly saying the same thing. But one of the takeaways out of this was he says it's about real people. And as good as the other stories are, you're not going to find the the fantasy Jedi, you know, and, and you're not going to find the royal family as, as it will, or as Star Wars kind of a, always has been about the Skywalkers and people sort of loosely related with them. So it, it, it seems to me like what they really want to lay this show out to be is that it's just about people, real people, real lives um the fishermen and the uh what what did they say the and the journalists and the yeah you're kind of mashing together every day two quotes here so diego luna was talking about how it's like really grounded and then tony Mm -hmm. gilroy was talking about how you know the ip they've made is all about a royal family but there's billion billion billions of other beings in the galaxy there's plumbers cosmeticians journalists what are their lives like honestly this story was very interesting and this, all these interviews, these comments were pretty interesting to me only because I feel like we've asked this question every time we've had a show where it's like, are Jedi going to show up? Like our will of the force question. And mm. every time I've always said yes. And James, you're the one that's always been like, I'd love a show where there are no Jedi, <laughs> where there are yeah. no people. And here they are telling you like, James, that you're not having any of that. It's just going to be the normal people that are in the galaxy. So and, I was kind of curious and, uh, what you thought because I know you've answered this question before of like, you know what? I'd like it if there were no Jedi. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was coming out of everybody because even um uh Kyle Solar says, mm-hmm. you know, that he kept flipping the page back over to the front of the the script to see that it in fact is a Star Wars movie because nothing about it felt Star Warsy at all. Yeah, like he even, said it was gritty and messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it was so like personal that it didn't feel like a Star Wars fantasy type thing at all. Um, I'm look, hey man, <laughs> I'm all about this. You guys know this. Like, I I think this sounds great, and I think one of the big things about Rogue One is they is that initial pitch that felt like. Hey, you know, Star Wars, the movies and the fantasy and the craziness, it's all over there. But there's these other stories that are really interesting. Like, let me hear the story about the people who just kind of snuck in and stole the plans for the Death Star. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know like Cheer It was like loosely connected to the Force. But I mean, like, I mean, really not. You know, he's mm-hmm. like he's just kind of a normal person who's very 
religious. He he probably wishes that he had more connection to the force and he could um commune like that, but he can't. He he's pretty dang normal. Um so I, I think that whole story uh successfully resonated with audiences and they went over to Solo and Solo really doesn't have any of that force stuff either, but they didn't see the same response. So they're like, well, then people really like what we did with Rogue One. Something about that is absolutely working. And so let's keep telling story. If we want to continue to tell what? stories that aren't force related, then what? That that feels like a dig at Solo, though. And I don't understand that because it's a, just a completely different type of movie. Like, I'm not saying that that it was bad. What I'm saying is like the general consensus that Lucasfilm tried Solo and it didn't really work. Uh, and they're not really. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying that the people at Lucasfilm were like, oh, well, or else they'd be making Solo 2 right now. Right. Mm, Am I wrong on that? I don't know. I'm not digging it solo. I'm saying I think that I think we all pretty much know that like there's a reason they're not like it was a smash hit. We're doing five more. I think I there mean, is you know? an element with Rogue One where people really like the gritty, messy Star Wars. People like mm -hmm. the war stuff. They say the best space battles from Rogue One, that kind of thing. So there's a reason it's constantly trending on social media, Rogue One. And I think that is due to the fact that not necessarily that there aren't any Jedi, but that it gets into the nitty gritty war part of Star Wars. If uh, you I, asked me years ago, I, I would have assumed that people would like Solo way more than uh, random characters from a show called Rogue One, you know? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I would assume that they would like the Han and Chewie and the more fantastical element of it, but... I think there are two completely different types of storytelling, so I don't like mm -hmm. comparing them, even though there's mm -hmm. no Jedi. Sure, yeah. yeah. That's um, fair. Th this story bothers me just a little bit because I feel like, and I know... Um, I'm 100% behind Tony Gilroy's conviction and sort of like not worrying what people think. But he's got to be careful because he's starting to sound a little pretentious and a little... Ooh, interesting. Well, and what I mean by that is it sounds like he's taking shots at other Star Wars, including George Lucas' Star Wars, by saying like, yeah, we're bringing characters back, but not in a fan service way, which like George Lucas did through his teeth in the prequels. Um, and Clone Wars and, you know, you know, name it. Um, I think he's just and, trying to make his own mark and that's how he's doing it. And it's just oh, coming across the wrong I, way. I know. But but then also saying, you know, the, the green screen stuff that bothered a lot of VFX people when he made those comments and, sure. um, you know, saying, you know, there was another line he said about how this is or, or like the actor Kyle Soler saying it was completely different. I had to look to see that it was Star Wars this is completely grown up. And it's like. That's there fine, was, and and that's there was good the other one too. I imagined that there was going to be green screens, but you know, it was some sort of virtual set. But it wasn't. It was. An they did say city. that the city is called Ferrix, which I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen that before. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, we've we seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was from Ardria Arjona who said that. So yeah, right. we all know they had real sets and stuff. But saying like, oh, it's grown up and it's good. It's like, yeah, that's good because Rogue One and this story are supposed to be that, and that's the type of story they're telling. But I feel like when they say stuff like that, it's like finally you know star wars is adult now and it's like i i just don't like the phrasing of that i don't like when fans always feel like they have to pitch this star wars versus this star yeah wars. i don't get I, the comparison thing that mm -hmm. everybody always does it's always like i don't it's either, either this or that type thing this yeah. is better this is worse no it could just be yeah it doesn't have to yeah be one i like other. i like i like it's all star wars to me I, i'm on yeah. the side of star wars so and that's not, not to say like, you can't critique it. I'm just saying it doesn't oh, have no. to be critiqued at the sake of something like else. Like the, you like you could only pick one, and there's three Star Wars oh, movies listed. God, I'm like the worst tweet ever. Stop mentioning it. I mute all those accounts. I'm just like I, that's so ridiculous. You're just trying to start trouble, and it's just like I, I don't <laughs> like that. I'm not saying that's what these actors are doing here. Right. I'm just saying they have to be careful because the way some of the stuff is worded. And what if the show's not a complete ten out of ten smash or whatever? Like he's gonna he's gonna have to wear it. And I I it, I'm just saying just a tinge. I'm not saying it's not mm -hmm. all or nothing here. I'm just saying just it's it's you gotta be a little careful because it sounds a little pretentious. Um, but I'm still fully behind him and, and trust what he's doing. But 
I just wanted to sort of bring that up lightly because I, I think other people might feel that way a little bit too. But that does answer our will of the force from a couple weeks, months ago of will there be Jedi in this? Obviously not because Diego Luna is like, nah. Unless he's completely no lying, you're right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Although yeah. now I can't even fall back on the usual thing that I say where I'm like, they would never lie like that. Because they've all lied. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about Liam Neeson blatantly lying. You know, yeah. Ewan McGregor's lied. So it's, like, hard to be like, they wouldn't just definitely say no, because now we know that they will. Yeah. Well, I was like the um, Jason Momoa thing, where he's just like, ah, screw it. Yeah, Ben Affleck's coming back in Aquaman, too. And they're like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, NDAB damned. I can throw an axe. They're not going to get rid of him. He's Aquaman. No. He's yeah. Yeah. Everyone it's else like in Robert DC Denny is like Jr. getting arrested. After a while. Yeah. Robert Denny Jr. After a while, he was like, oh, they're not going to get rid of me. Yeah. Yeah. There is um, sort of a, a, a thing that we're, I'm kind of curious of. Like, they're saying there's no Jedi in this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't like the force. Uh, and, and I know that's not really that that's not they're kind of saying that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. But. I think one big kind of looming question to me is like when when we see Rogue One, Jin asks, who are those people? And he goes, oh, th- those are the guardians of the wills. And they used to be the protectors or whatever, but now they're just causing trouble for everyone, which makes me very much think that they've caused trouble to him before. Mm, like mm-hmm. they've stepped in his way. They've gotten in his way. And so to me, I could see I could see part of Cassian's story from clearly where he's at the where he's like in his home world and dealing with home related things and becoming a bigger part of this rebellion that at some point he's going to come into confrontation with the Guardians of the Wills and they're going to be some sort of opposition for him. Now, maybe that's a comic, maybe that's a book, whatever, maybe it doesn't show up in this show, but at some point it does seem like it would be another nice little tie into Rogue One and make you feel like you, you are getting a little bit of his history. So when you rewatch Rogue One and he goes, oh, those are the Guardians, they're just causing trouble for everyone. You know, it's like, yeah, I know. I've seen that. I agree, <laughs> you know, right, or whatever. Right. And, uh, and and it gives you a little bit more of a, instead of taking Cassian's word for it and then having to learn pays and cheer it on your own, that you can kind of like understand where he's coming from and re fall in love with those characters Bayes and Cheer, that being who I'm talking about. Um, so I, th- I would think it would be cool if they brought in guardians of the wills at some point, I do too. maybe season two or something that would be neat. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the same two guardians. Oh yes, it know? does. Yes. it does. I mean, I'm saying it doesn't, ne- it doesn't have to in the sense that like, if like, Marvel wanted to have a run in with, you know, these other Wakandan warriors, it, you know, I mean, it's whatever. Um, give me cheer it all day. <laughs> I mean, it would be great. I mean, that's a big get, you know, to get your, your actors back, but, yeah. um, all right, that's it for, uh, Andor. Let's talk a little bit about how John Boyega says I'm good. <laughs> right. I've it, personally, he, you know, to, to, to tell the story, he was doing an interview and he, it just got brought up like, Hey man, what, what's the story with star Wars? Are you interested in coming back? Like, what is that? And he says, look, a lot has changed. Actually, this is a really good interview, a really good statement from him that says, I am so happy that it did happen to me so that now when I see it happening to other people, um, or, or saying like, and it's not happening to those other people, like similar things are happening to those people and Disney's backing it, Disney's supporting it, kind of that stuff. So it, it was, a, it was a good interview. Um, and I think what is, what is interesting to me is I've been waiting for the comments, uh, ever since, ever since the line that stuck with me, you're not going to Disney plus me. I've been wanting to see what he's, what he would say about star Wars just in general, like address the movies, address TV, address something. And he did here. He says, I'm good on it. You know, with the, the, his story can be in video games. His story can be in books, comics, whatever. It, it's not right now. And, you know, I don't know, maybe like someday down the line, crazy, but like for, for right now, I'm good. I'm not planning on coming back. There's no plans for me. And I'm totally happy with just making that part of my life in the past. Uh, Lacey, what are your thoughts on, John Boyega's statement here. So it's interesting with John because he initially said they're not going to Disney plus me. Then a little while back, he said, oh, if someone approached me a script with JJ and Kathleen, 
maybe I'd consider it. We'll see what happens. Those people have to be involved. And now he's completely switched again and he's saying, nah, I'm good. I won't. I'm not interested type thing. Um, He even goes on to make a joke about how he's like, you know, I believe this is his joke about Harrison Ford, right? Chewie, yeah. you're coming back. You're 79. Yeah. So like he made a joke about Harrison Ford coming back. He's <laughs> like 79 saying Chewie, we're home. And he's like, yeah, that probably won't be me type thing. Um, It is good to hear that he feels that even though he dealt with a lot being Finn in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, that he feels like his hardships and struggles aren't being passed on to the next person in the next cast that disney's finally standing up for them mm-hmm. and, and and sticking up to trolls and stuff like that which is wonderful i mean if we're boiling this down he shouldn't have had to gone through it in the first place and the fact that it's taking till now for disney to say something is kind of crazy but i appreciate that they're finally taking a stand on it they did it with moses ingram and ewan mcgregor which is great but I mean, there's been a lot of talk with Boyega about how his character was his character supposed to be the lead character in the sequel trilogy, because that's one of the things he said in a recent interview, too, is like, oh, well, that's how I thought it was originally pitched to me. And then that changed. So I feel like we're getting a lot of like little comments and notes from John Boyega of like what his experience was like. And he keeps going back to like, I'm not bitter. I'm glad I did it. It's opened a lot of doors for me. I'm really happy with how it went. But at the same time, every once in a while, he'll like drop a little line here and there that you're like, are you okay with it? Is everything as good as you say it is? Or are you just kind of holding back, waiting to see what happens? Um, That being said, I would love to see Finn back. I've been very open about how I want to see Ray, Finn, and Poe back for another trilogy of movies with their own story and their own adventures. The way they left off Finn's character in The Rise of Skywalker is just the beginning for him as a Jedi and Force user. I I think there's so much there to unpack that it would just be amazing. I understand his hesitation after what he went through with not only fans, but with, according to him, Disney and Lucasfilm that he would be hesitant to uh, get back into the Star Wars galaxy, but I do hope we do see him someday. Um, But I'm not surprised that he's saying he's good. I also feel a little bad that he's going to be asked this question for the rest of his life (laughs) about if we'll ever go back to Star Wars. He's going to get asked this question no matter what project he's on or what movie or show he ends up doing or... He could get married tomorrow and they're going to ask him, so do you plan to do any Star Wars? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's just going to be something that follows him around just like with any other cast member of Star Wars, whether it be Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Daisy Ridley, like it could be anybody that's been involved in Star Wars at some point. It's always, are you going to do this again? Would you like to see your character back? And that's even going for people whose characters have died. (laughs) I'll make that trade. I mean... (laughs) Okay, obviously, yes, of course. You'd always want to be in Star Wars and like there is an element of like, are you really sad to be asked this question? I just feel bad that if it's it's something he doesn't want to talk about, he's going to continually get asked about it. Mm, Yeah, it seemed in, in his comments from my point of view that he was saying like, I was really excited to be part of that group. And then I was a little weird. So I made friends over here and I'm totally happy with my friends over here now. Right. Mentions a lot of the crew that he's in hanging out with these people. And he's like, you know what? Like my career has just sort of moved over here and that's fine. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not bashing where I was. I'm just saying I'm over here now. Um, The other thing too, just because your your perspective on that, it's it's fine. I just want to clarify when I heard him say the comments about Maybe if J.J. Abrams uh, is involved, maybe it's Kathleen Kennedy. That to me was like me was like him saying, yeah, maybe if like the stars align, but that's never going to happen. Maybe if they bring oh, J.J. I back. And I it's didn't Kath- take that that way. I, t- I took it as like I, t- I took it as him being a little bit willing, saying he's willing to come back. But like under these kind of strange circumstances, like, yeah, if they're going to do it all again. But like the chances that that would happen are rare because it's probably going to be another director. It's probably going to be a different producer or something. You know, whatever. I just, I, just I could see you. I could see why you think that. that I don't. I didn't take it that way. I literally took it as like, hey, he would want to be involved if these people were involved. But mm-hmm. 
look, at the end of the day, it comes down to money. I'm sure if anybody got a big check from Disney, mm -hmm. they'd probably sign back on. John, you we've talked a lot. What what are your thoughts on John Boyega's comments and his possible return or not return to Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, it always hurts me as a fan when I see Star Wars actors sort of um, feeling like they are done with Star Wars or they just they, they're above it now or they don't want to be involved or whatever. And um, and it's hard not to feel that way when you hear him say these things because I did listen to him. Actually, I watched it to see his facial expressions and to hear his tone of voice. And he was very er genuine and nice about it. Mm -hmm, he wasn't being mm -hmm. flippant or laughing at it or anything. And even the Harrison Ford joke, I don't think he was taking a dig at uh, Harrison Ford. I think. He oh, was I don't think like, so either. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was just saying like, yeah, imagine me rolling up when I'm 79. <laughs> um, but I think he, I do think eventually he will come back. I still think there's pain uh, lingering from feelings of, you know, how people received the sequel trilogy and stuff. I think they're, they're, I'll give Lucasfilm a lot of credit here, um, whether it's Kathleen Kennedy, because I think this is one of her stronger suits is sort of understanding it from the producer side more so than the business side is the pulse of things and timing and, and that sort of stuff. And like, look, they waited 14 years to, to finally get this next Indiana Jones out. And, you know, thankfully it looks like it's, it's going to work out, you know, uh, with 80 year old uh, Harrison Ford being able to film it. And I'm sure he did a great job, but I, I guess my point is I think they're going to wait because of how they saw the reception of late to the prequel trilogy and that sort of renaissance and that renaissance and or redemption for the prequel trilogy is why we have Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor back. Um, there's a lot, you know, if, if the prequels were still being annihilated on social media or in mm -hmm. general by star Wars fans, I don't know that those guys come back. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Ahmed best is back in the mix. He's not doing Canon stuff right now, but he's back in the, in the star Wars family and he's feeling good about it. And who had it worse than that guy? So if he's able to come back, I think any of these people can come back. I think it might be one of those things where there may even be discussions happening behind the scenes with these three, just to like say, like, you know, we still love what the three of you did. We would love to work with you in the future. Don't think about it right now. We're going to touch base with you. We'll keep in contact, keep, keep the close connection. But publicly, you know, we don't want to stir the pot and create false narratives and and wish lists and stuff like that. They're going to wait to those younger kids who, you know, were six when they saw the force awakens who are now 13, get a little bit older and they're like 18, mm -hmm. 19, 20. They're the ones with now jobs and money that are going to be like, that, that was, that's my hero. Finn, Finn is my guy. Finn is my guy. Then they'll bring them back. And he's a mm -hmm. young guy still. He's only 30. I mean, Harrison Ford was 35 when he filmed the first star Wars. So there's time here for all of them. Um, I know Oscar is a bit older, but still, uh, I, I think they're gonna they're playing the long game and they're gonna wait. He I think he will be back. I think Finn will eventually be a Jedi, and I think it will all be good. And even people who maybe didn't like the sequel trilogy will come around just like they did to the prequel trilogy. Because even people who hated the prequel trilogy, adults who hated it, are like George really did a good job making a unique. You know, they they came around to certain aspects of it. So I think that's what they're doing here, and I think he will be back eventually. But I do believe what he's saying right now today. Yeah. One one thing that I think is really interesting about the the like if I were a producer and I like Kathleen Kennedy for instance and I was working with these three actors, I brought them on, brought them into Star Wars, tried to make it, you know, what it was, and then now they're kind of like I don't really want to come back to Star Wars kind of thing. I would just I would feel like I would understand that from the the fact that these three actors has had just had an explosion of careers and they all want to be the Harrison Fords and not so much the Mark Hamill's, you know, they want to be the Ewan McGregor's out of the prequels, not so much the Hayden Christensen's. So it's like now that they're, they have all these opportunities, they want, they want star Wars to appear on their career as like, like Natalie Portman, for instance, like, yeah, I did that at one point, And then I went on to do this other thing and this other thing. And it never, and star Wars never became my identity. And all three of them, all four of them, if you include Adam driver, they don't want they don't want to be Robert Downey Jr. being like, I am Finn and I am locking myself in as this character forever, especially since 
it doesn't appear like Disney's going to make those movies and they're not going to and if and if Daisy and Oscar don't want to come back then John Boyega is not going to be like touting more Finn movies. Daisy's and got looking a bleach blonde weak. buzz cut right now. She's not coming back yeah. anytime soon. Like she's, John doesn't want to look the, uh, weak compared M&M to the other pick, I believe. But I think <laughs> I think they're all three in that mental state where they're like, I want to see if my career can just be my career mm-hmm. without Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the cool or the appropriate mindset that they're all in is. I'm I'm good. I don't want to do Star Wars right now, but we'll see where their careers end up, successful yeah. or not. Even if they're successful, they they've proven that they can have the career outside of that. Just like Harrison Ford, return to Indiana Jones, return to uh, Han Solo, and like and and it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I, I think all these people, it's just their their young mindset of like I've had so much success for this, but I don't want to be labeled as that character forever. So they're all playing it cool right now. Like, I don't want Star Wars to be my identity. I talked a lot about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can go on to the next story here, which is uh, which is funny because it's kind of similar to what I was just saying here. Natasha Lou Bordizo uh, is doing an interview as she's uh, talking about her new movie that, she, you know, has Jamie Foxx and it's the uh, Day Walk- Night Walkers. I can't I can't remember what it's called, but it's about the vampires and stuff. Day Shift. Mm-hmm. Um, day shift. That's right. Night walkers day shift. Well, I was thinking day day walkers because it's <laughs> day shift, but but and it's about vampires. They're called day walkers anyway. Um, but she she went into it. She's like, look, here's all this information that I have on Sabine. Like, uh, watch Rebels. Don't watch Rebels. Uh, I I love Star Wars. I love being this. Uh, I relate to these characters, and I think about how these characters, uh, how they would react in these situations and it's making me a better person. She very much led to the the phrase which uh, got us to the, the headline, which is like, this is her dream job. She absolutely is like, this is the most ideal situation she could ever be in. She went into the whole history of the casting and everything. Um, there was a lot here to unpack. John, I'm gonna let you start. Uh, what are your thoughts on Natasha um, saying her dream job is working on this show being Sabine Wren? Well, first off, the fact that they gave her a Top Gun scene—I knew that was coming. <laughs> and she said yeah. she was a male pilot, so like she's doing like what, like Iceman quotes? It's like I bet she's doing Maverick quotes. You're yeah. you're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. Oh, I don't sh- like you because you're dangerous. They're like we <laughs> just found stop. our Sabine. We just found <laughs> yeah. our Sabine Wren. Just found. That was a quote from Top Gun, Lacey. That was Iceman. I understand what it's from. Did I do a good job? Would, I, would you have hired me? Yeah, I just watched Maverick again. What a freaking movie. It's so good. Um, no, I again, this is this is one of those things I love. Now, we'll see what happens down the road. But, you know, she's got this role in this series. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk, um, spoiler alert, uh, more about this on Thursday. So I won't get too far down the well on it. But. But first, here's what happened in Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, but first, <laughs> oh, here's funny. who died in Stranger Things. <laughs> they said Stranger Things season five is going to have eight episodes. That's what's oh. going. Thing. And everyone dies. Spoiler yes, alert. Yes, everyone dies. Right. Um, <laughs> written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not too much to, to really dive into here. I, my simple take is that I, I don't know much about the actress but I like that she's excited about it. Um, it seems like something that is going to be a long-term thing. Um, I don't think it's just going to be uh, Ahsoka. I think she's going to play Sabine for a while. And whether that's, you know, we had talked about this on the show and Will of the Force, you know, will she appear in the Mandalorian season three, maybe Mandalorian season four. Uh, that would make a lot of sense when you think about who else is involved with that show. So I think this is someone who they locked up and she's not just here for this brief uh, stint as Sabine and um, whether or not, you know, Tia Sarkar comes back um, for any sort of animated uh, element. We'll see. Um, but again, that's more to touch on uh, um, that we're going to talk about on our Thursday episode. So I won't go too much further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacey, I was going to ask you too, because one of the quotes in this article was that she was sort of surprised that they decided to announce her already and that they were, she thought they were kind of going to wait until the show. Mm -hmm. Do you think that means the show in her mind 
do you think that is the like reveal in Ahsoka or like what we've teased before where like they were they were going to like she thought they were holding it off to the end of Mandalorian season three kind of thing like is that going to be like a bigger reveal that's a good question I uh, think she means I honestly I think if it didn't leak like if it didn't leak like it did they probably would have held on to it because Lucasfilm likes to hold everything until the end Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think because it leaked and they were looking for things to announce at celebration they were just like yeah people have already expected this Um, and then they could show footage of her at the panel like, there's a bunch of pieces that fall into place when you're able to announce someone. Because, um, I mean, if we think about it, they haven't announced who's playing Hera yet. Um, other than that, I... Or Ezra. Or Ezra, yeah, <laughs> But obviously. that's a different story. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I... Who's I, playing I, Chopper? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought this whole story was pretty cool. I, I always find it very interesting about the casting in movies and shows and Mm -hmm. like what that process is like because every actor always describes it as like this terrible process where like you basically are putting yourself out into the cosmos and like either you get a call or you never hear back ever again and it's always interesting to hear um big important roles like who is up for roles so like ray and star wars who event who had gone up for it or han solo or you know katniss everdeen stuff like that like oh who Mm -hmm. auditioned for these roles so i wonder who did audition for this outside of just uh natasha but i think she's a really good fit from not only what we've seen of her talking about it at celebration but just the footage of her from other projects where she's doing all the stunt work she's getting involved she's doing all the training like she loves roles where there's fight stuff involved and i think this would be this seems like she said a dream role for her the perfect thing she gets to do star wars and gets to fight and be this really strong cool character um i also really random side note i love when people tell you uh what random scenes they had them read in auditions like i remember Mm. that they had Mm -hmm. said originally for kylo ren they had them reading like scenes from pride and prejudice and stuff like just very interesting scenes John rolls his eyes, but that's interesting to me that they're having the villain read a scene from a novel that doesn't have like a big bad science fiction villain in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just find that interesting because the Top Gun thing's cool. It's like a fun fact. Very fun. Fact. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it makes me think the the whole Top Gun thing. She gave away a lot of information that I was like, that feels kind of like. I don't want to say leaky, but very speculative in the sense of like, I had to read a scene from Top Gun. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Sabine is probably going to be like in the pilot seat at some point because I they wanted to see what her read was. She said the on... casting director's name. I was like, now everybody knows who's casting for Star Wars shows. <laughs> that, was, that was my second one. And she goes, so I, I forget what name she said, but Sarah you know, Finn. let's just, okay. Yeah, yeah, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, Sarah, because she I thought it was Marvel because she normally casts Marvel. And I'm like, so now people are going to target this Sarah lady She's to figure like, out oh, no. <laughs> yeah, who's being casted where and for what. She yeah. checks her inbox it, the next morning after this interview. It's like all these like Star Wars parts, Star Wars parts, Star Wars role, Star uh-huh. Wars role. Like now people are going to follow her. And if they see her hanging out with certain celebrity or something like that, then they're going to be like, well, so and so is in talks now. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's all trade stuff anyway and mm-hmm. people are already doing that stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't have to, i didn't have too much takeaway other than that like i thought it was interesting that she said the top gun thing because I, I thought well then that means maybe she's going to be like fly, flying like in an x-wing sort of thing like what that was the the angle that they were kind of coming at sure. why they would make her read from that perspective that's kind of neat um and uh i'm just really interested to see where she shows up i more and more i i do think that i think john you were the one that hinted at how she could be at the end of mandalorian season three and i'm like man if they really want to i mean they already kind of made it like a big reveal at the panel like she's going to be in episode one or two yeah Yeah. i feel like they they've already introduced ahsoka they could get people really interested in, in that series if ahsoka shows up one more time in the mandalorian series with this extra character and there's all this buzz and it makes that the end of mandalorian feel really good too going into all that starts to come together yeah Yeah. she just pulls up she's like get in loser we're going to find ezra (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Oh, to Mando? We always make yeah. Mean Girls comments on this podcast, and I thoroughly approve it. I love that, that would, movie. Uh, Unabashedly, I love that movie. Movies yeah. ever. That would be really interesting to, to think about how if they did get the Mandalorian involved in the search for Ezra, that like the past two seasons or the past years that we've been spending with Mando, we never would have put like the Rebels connection to it. I mean, yeah. like, we're thinking involved. about the end of Rebels and we're like, no one has been like, I bet they're going to get Mando to go find Ezra. <laughs> you no, know, it like, doesn't. But yeah, I feel so like with Mando, as soon as they were like, oh, yeah, Dave Filoni's involved. I felt like he was just at the table, like slipping. I mean, that's fair. Favreau yeah. being and- like, hey, so I have this character. Why don't you read these pages? Or like drawing on Favreau's notebook, like a picture of Ahsoka so that he'd be like, mm-hmm. who is this? He'd be like, actually, it's Ahsoka. <laughs> and you know, you know what's funny? The more I think about the history of these live-action castings, the less I think Dave Filoni's involved. I know there was a big what to do about like they're, them saying Dave Filoni didn't let Ashley Eckstein audition. I think it's Favreau. I think it's and Favreau. Favreau made those choices. The, yeah. the reason why is because you bring up this Sarah Finn, and she was the casting director back on Iron Man. Yeah. Like She was the casting director for Lion King. She's, she's a Favreau person. So he, and he's been with her for so long. She helped him launch the MCU. And I know Robert Downey Jr. was like someone Favreau himself pushed for, but without the rest of that cast and, and the, to launch that, um, that's a big deal. And he probably has full faith in her. So I, as much as people want to give flack to Filoni for, oh, you didn't give this person a chance or whatever, I think it's really Favreau saying like, dude, you can write the snot out of this and you're going to kill it, but let me handle this stuff. That the, let me handle the right. Let me get you the right people. Yeah, he's let a, me he surround the right people. Because yeah. no, he's because st- because <laughs> Filoni's still very green at this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Favreau is a king at this. So uh, I think I think that's exactly what's going on here. Is that they're 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 giving Filoni everything he needs to succeed to tell this story as he makes the transition in the which best seems way. Ev- which seems evident now with his new creative executive title, Filoni. Animation is now fully in his rearview mirror. Right. And I'm right. I'm gonna bring up more points about this on our Thursday discussion. So I'm clearly, you know, this really will bridge to that. So if you, you know, if you um uh don't, you know, aren't sure what you're gonna do in terms of when you want to listen to this, but um remember this conversation when you listen to our Thursday show too, because a lot of the stuff does weave into that. Well, speaking of animation, uh, before we wrap up Resistance Report, there are a couple things we wanted to talk about, and one of which is that The Bad Batch Season 2 is no longer releasing on September 28th. Now, this is kind of speculation to begin with, but it was an official banner that we saw that The Bad Batch was coming on September 28th. Now there's another official banner that says, here's what's coming out on that day, and Bad Batch was nowhere to be seen, so they've either changed their mind or that was that was never really the plan, but the they banner was created indoor. and then it was... It was the wrong banner to put out or something. I don't know. There's all sorts of different things. Um, Lacey, you're probably right, too. They pushed back Andor, so there was probably all sorts of different things that got moved around in the time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, we still don't know when Bad Batch is coming out. And I, I, I that's kind of crazy. But regardless, um, another Star Wars property that was pushed back recently is Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, they are doing a huge remake of it. That was confirmed. That's out there. But then suddenly out of nowhere, it was like, oh, indefinitely postponed. We don't know what's going on. And if you want to read the story on Star Wars Newsnet, uh, we have all the details there that break down kind of what happened and why it is now officially going over to a different developer. They have adopted it. They're coming out. They're saying, yes, we're taking care of this. And uh, so it's it's seemingly back on. So, you know, the, the date has been pushed back, but still look forward to the Knights of the Old Republic remake. It is coming. And speaking of things that are coming, uh, we have one more story from Claudia Gray as she was asked in an interview if they if she thinks they'll ever do a sequel to Lost Stars. James, how you were funny, just how funny that I randomly bring that up in the day the air the episode airs, this this story dropped, mm-hmm. and here I am on the show going, What's happening with Lost <laughs> Stars 2? Yeah. Where's that book? Um but she says it is coming and that she, or she didn't say it is coming, but she did say that she believes it will happen eventually. Uh, it just the, the 
stars have to align. <laughs> I guess she's busy with higher public, um, honestly. Yeah, I think that's the bigger thing. There that's your is that second I, star alignment reference. Well, that I I called back to the first one, which oh, is why. Yeah. Nice call there. Uh, bookends, John. I I got it from my friend Larry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's gonna wrap up Resistance Report this week, and uh, we are gonna head into our next section, which Lacey is gonna take it away. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon Pod Race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell for notifications so you don't miss any videos. You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Also, we still, of course, upload this to audio platforms and Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple Podcasts. And if you leave us a review, we really appreciate it. It helps people find us and it lets us know how we're doing, which is always nice. Um, but if you want more than that and you want to support the show, what we're doing here, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $2 a month, that's it, $2. You get access to the page and you support what we're doing and you get cool exclusive videos and much more. And as you go up in the ranks um, of different type of pledges, you get more access. You get Discord servers, mailings, um, being a part of the show, and much, much more. Um, as we've kind of been hinting at over the past few weeks, we are revamping our Patreon. That's going to be happening very soon. So don't mm. delay. Sign up now so that you don't miss anything. But this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question. They give us an answer. We discuss it. So before we get into that, I want to thank those people. So thank you to our generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, one of our newest generals, and Val mm-hmm. Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. And then to our Thank Spice you. Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Horneck, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Mike, I don't know why I said Michael Myers, Jeremy Myers. Jeremy Michael Myers. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, Mike? What? Yeah, I don't know why I said Michael Myers. That was weird. Um, but this yeah, Halloween week, on the brain. I know. Yeah. Pumpkin lattes. <laughs> uh, all right. So Christian Morales is up, which I've learned from this video that you're about to watch that he says Chris. So Christian. That was interesting. Do you, do you want to be called Chris? Have we been called? I just, I love the name Christian. So I don't, you let us know. Anyway, his question was, or scenario is you are the captain of a rebel ship what four star wars characters would you recruit to be on your team for a daring mission stipulation you can only have one force user so christian or chris take it away hey what's going on trb chris here uh so i took the question that was given to me with the rebel ship being more of a freighter type class so with that and the amount of crew I'd need, my four picks would be, uh, of course, the best co-pilot in the galaxy, Chewbacca. Uh, who wouldn't want him as a co-pilot? And he's really good with repairs. Uh, I'd probably have two gunners. So my picks for those would be Iden Versio, as well as Wedge and Tilly's. Um, they both can handle single man fighters and I'm sure that they'd definitely be a lot better in a larger crew type ship. And then, uh, my last pick would be Eli Vanto, even though he's not specifically a rebel. Uh, he definitely seems like a good guy deep down, and he'd probably end up actually join, joining the rebellion towards the end. And he's like a little mini Thrawn, so what's not to love about that? All right, well, you guys take care, and uh, I'll see you guys around. Nicely done. Love the Ray Skywalker lightsaber. Hate that I had to say Ray Skywalker, specifically Skywalker, but I love that it's the Ray Saber. That being said, John, what'd you think? Um, hate the Eli Vanto pick. <laughs> love the Chewbacca pick. Really like the Wedge pick. And Iden Versio is cool. That's cool too. Um, <laughs> I liked that you. We're tactical about this, Christian. You were like, and yeah, definitely do let us know if you want us to start calling you Chris. That's cool with me, man. Um, but you were like, 
I'm thinking it's going to be a freighter ship and this is why and I want two mm-hmm. gunners like you went you went all all in military style on this so I, I really thought that was really cool uh, that was that was like my favorite part of your answer it's like you plotted this whole thing out you weren't just like Mad Libs character one character two character three character four boom done you really put thought into this and I really appreciate that that's what this is all about so killer pod race just for that alone um but obviously the chewy pick right up there man love that you got to have chewy in the mix because who has your back more than Chewbacca, right? So having Chewie is your best friend, co-pilot, that's the way to go. But uh, all really good picks. You know, I'm not a big Thrawn or uh, Chiss guy, so the Eli Vanto stuff is sort of not on my <laughs> radar in, in my unknown regions, so to speak, out there somewhere in the galaxy. But uh, Maybe great they job, are in your unknown regions. <laughs> I don't like that phrasing, in my unknown regions. <laughs> oh, not my personal <laughs> yeah. unknown regions. No, but just out there. <laughs> Can we stop saying that phrase? Unknown regions. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be James? your regions. Um, no, yeah. stop. Um, no, I, I thought what was that interesting That was a Tommy Boy this, deep cut. <laughs> yeah. I thought what was interesting about this is that um, the answer could always just have been uh, Chewie, Han, Leia, Luke, one force user. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll take that. You know, and it's like, just that's the that's the crew, That's right? probably what I would have done. Um, I'm so lame. The other... <laughs> Yeah, the other weird thing about this too is that you set the rule, John, that you can only have one force user, and he didn't pick one. Yeah, he he go he said, I you know, it was the old the the thing that we've kind of been discussing recently is the like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Jedi who was unable to defeat the villain because they were just that smart, they didn't have the force. It's like he sort of took that Eli Vanto, uh, Iden Versio sort of angle on that. Um, which I thought was really cool. So uh, everything that John said too, like very tactical answer. You really thought it out. Those are the kinds of questions or those are the answers that we like to get on the show. Uh, Always delivering, always awesome. Thank you, Christian. Awesome. Christian, well done. Love your picks. Um, Like I just said to James, I would have been the boring person and just (laughs) chose the obvious picks because I'm lame like that. Um, but I like how yours are all varied characters and from different places. Like, that's really, really cool. Um, also, I'm sorry if you have really enjoyed being called Chris. Uh, I feel like I failed you. <laughs> I feel like told he, us. he's going to be like, he's going to say, I say Chris once and all of a sudden the three of them <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, man. No, imagine he's like, I was going to re-record that whole thing. I have no idea why I said Chris. I, I don't even like Chris. I'm so sorry, but please. Yeah. Send... My mom just called me Chris and it just rolled off the tongue. Yeah, I wasn't but thinking please about it. post all the <laughs> selfies with your Ray lightsaber because it's the best lightsaber. Yeah. That being said, back to you, John. All right. Also, what which TIE fighter is that? Is that uh, Power of the Force? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I always like I always like when we see like our patrons like bookshelves that are like also blended in with like merch showcase like showcase displays and stuff. It just feels very warm and cozy, like they're little like nerd nooks. <laughs> I like that. Nerd nooks. Yeah. Copyright. Uh yeah. 2022. You've been to nerd It's great. It's running know. a special right now, 10% off. What? Promo code. <laughs> Someone just up. picked up that, <laughs> that yeah. URL. That's <laughs> oh, like that's like uh, going back to uh, Jimmy Dong's Chili Dog. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not in your unknown regions, I don't really... Food truck. Yeah, but if you're going to get it, you have to get it with the donkey drip sauce. That's just what yeah. it comes down to. Um, all right, so that, spicy. Yeah, that takes us to the end of the show. Uh, so we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Make sure, like Lacey said, subscribe to the show. Uh, our Spotify, for all of you like Apple people and SoundClouders, Spotify's coming. Our Spotify listeners are growing. We have a Spotify army. And uh, we want to thank everybody who's giving us ratings over there. We're almost at 350 ratings on Spotify, which is incredible. It really is. So let's get over that mark and keep spreading the word because the more we get people to follow us on Spotify and rate us on Spotify, the more other people will just find us and join the party. So that's what it's all about. Uh, of course, also youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We finally are back and we uh, recently put out an episode on Dirty Harry, Clint Eastwood classic. Uh, James. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Myra Trunks or if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, 
there I'm at Myra Trunks. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's it. That's like uh, that's like a callback. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Lacey? Bookend. <laughs> People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gellerin. Yeah. Oh, Same right. handle on both? Mm-hmm. Nice. I lucked oh. out. Way to, way to get your handle. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we'll be back Thursday. And I know I teased it a bit, but we are going to talk quite a bit about uh, the future of the Ghost Crew. Um, those that are alive, those that are dead, and whether or not we're going to see them beyond Ahsoka. We're going to have some, uh, I think, some fun ideas tossing around. So uh, enjoy your weeks, and we'll see you in September on Thursday right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>